and welcome to The Updown. I'm your host, Courtney Bradley. The Updown is a place where business owners can learn how to create kick-ass workspaces where their people and their company thrive. Hi, Amy. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for joining today. So Amy Leslie is CEO of Perspective Consulting. She has 20 years of experience building, leading, and turning around teams and business units. In her leadership roles, Amy leaned into the fact that people drive business forward. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I um, am actually, I like to tell people I'm a recovering terrible boss. <laughs> so, so my... The first step is admitting it. Yes. Um, sometimes you're told. <laughs> and that's okay too. So I actually, um, my first management job, um, I was tasked with taking on a failing team and business unit. And okay. so I, I don't know if I was dumb or naive or brave, right? but I took on this team and um, figured out, okay, what's wrong here? And so um, I learned very quickly that we had a, a talent issue. And it's not that we had bad people. They were great people. They were the wrong people to do these things right. that we were expecting. So I learned that there is kind of a science to building teams that are going to be successful at certain tasks mm -hmm. collectively and decided to use that going forward in my career and I went from being a terrible boss to a pretty good one to <laughs> a great one I think and um, I'm pretty excited and passionate about sharing that learning uh, with other organizations and leaders. Right. So can you talk to us a little bit more about that science? Yes. Yeah, so I find that fascinating. It is, <laughs> it is. So I use a tool called the predictive index. Mm -hmm. It's been around for about 55 years. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, it's very validated and proven. And uh, this tool in a very short amount of time tells you what drives a person at their core. And as human beings, we tend to operate in the unconscious a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, neuroscientists tell us it's like 98% of the time we're sitting, you know, not really thinking about our actions, behaviors. And, and so that helps us understand who people really are and therefore what they should be doing. So right. if we want to get the most out of a person, um, the predictive index tells us uh, what kinds of tasks we should be giving that person if they're going to truly thrive. And does that also help with how people will interact with each other on teams? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I, I like to say there are four forces of ruin inside of companies <laughs> when it relates to people. Um, job, person fit. Yes. Uh, manager, person fit. <laughs> teams, so how we interact together as a team, yes. understanding that. And then overall, all of that bubbles up into our overall culture. Right which can, you know, help or hinder when, when it, if it's, if it's right or wrong. Yeah. So the predictive index tells me how a person communicates, how they approach action, how they make decisions. Mm -hmm. So if we understand that about each other objectively, we can know how to better approach the same task, but in different ways. Right. So I have two stories related to using some sort of methodology in order to just not blindly hire someone. Um, and one, I'd already had the employee and um, they were in a sales role. And after we went through this process that we went through, um, the facilitator came back to me and said, having that person in a sales role is like torture to them. That they, that is not how they are built. 
and that it is stressful for them every day. And I didn't know. I mean, they had, they, they came to me for that position too. So, I mean, I don't think either one of us really knew that it was going to be that bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, on the flip side, before I hired someone, um, once, uh, their, the whole process told me that this person might react dramatically to situations um, but if, if I know that going in, we can kind of mitigate that. And that is exactly what was happening the first, you know, year they were there. And then everything mellowed out because I knew, I knew how to, you know, work within those parameters. So I can attest to what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like to say people should come with an instruction manual. They, Absolutely. They we're all different. They well, kind of do. And that's really what, what right. we do. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> exciting. So can you kind of talk us through what that process looks like when maybe someone engages with you and your organization? Yeah, yeah. So just like businesses have a maturity model, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and we work with businesses to figure out where they are in the, the business maturity model, what phase they're in. That helps us understand a lot about their overall culture that drives that. Mm-hmm. And then um, we do what's called a strategy assessment, um, which sounds like a lobotomy, but right. it's really not that bad. It's really just, hey, think about next year as you think about your business goals and um, pick the most critical right and so they tell us what they want to do and then we help them align their talent to that so we have tools that actually show in a visual Mm -hmm. here's your strategy for next year and what that looks like on a pie chart okay and then we overlay that pie chart with the pie chart of here's your people Right. And so we start looking at, you know, it's kind of like Sesame Street, <laughs> which one of these, you know, and it's not that everybody's going to line up perfectly, but our goal is to try to, to create a macro view of what your talent looks like versus your business strategy, and then start going to each business unit and department and aligning that. Correct. Um, so what is this department doing? Right. And then how do we align that to the people that are actually doing that? So then you could theoretically uh, move people around within the organization to maybe different roles that they hadn't had before. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's some shifting and movement. You know, we don't come in and say, oh, that person's got to go. Right. <laughs> right. Because that's not what you no. want to do. Nobody wants to do that. No. So there's a lot of times movement or shifting or even coaching that person to the stretch we want them to do. People can stretch and adapt. They just have to be aware of what that looks like right. tactically. Correct. Um, so we can do that. And then we also look at, yeah, reshifting people as you did um, right. in their task load. Yep. Oh, you're really great at this. Let me give you more of that. Right. right. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you find that people get anxious when you come? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I have a little funny story. Um, I'm working with a a corporation in town, and I met with a woman who had been doing her job for 51 years. Oh, dear. And she came in and said, am I good at my job? I don't think we're worried about you. Yeah, we're not, we're not worried about you. <laughs> she was so it's nervous. Okay. Like, well, I, that's yeah. Well, that's incredible. That's a very lengthy stay, so that's good. You you don't see that much anymore. But um, just I, I feel like people the people don't like change, especially maybe when it affects their job, and and they probably look at you coming in and are like, oh my god, I'm not gonna ha- maybe I couldn't have a job after this. But yeah. it's not really about. That. We have to com- communicate clearly up front that that's you know we're not going to come and tell you, I'm sorry, you'd no longer have a job. <laughs> you know, that is not our goal. That is not what we're doing. We're helping to make people happier at work, which everybody wants. So when we explain it to them that way, we're trying to give you more tasks that make you happy and more productive. Then right. people get that and go, oh, okay. Right. Because we, you know, spend a lot of time in our careers and our jobs. And so 
make the most of it. Be enjoying it as much as you can. There's no reason why you should be miserable in what you're doing. Exactly. I think. I don't know. Um, So being able to connect with and motivate employees are two large factors that you prioritize. So can you walk us through maybe how you advise your clients in those areas? Yeah, I think that's probably the most important thing we do as leaders. So I have a workshop called, were they dead when we hired them or did our leaders kill them? <laughs> Cause it can happen. <laughs> and and we do sometimes not literally, but figuratively kill people as leaders because we kind of get into our comfort zone as a leader and our style and then expect that everybody's going to adapt to right. us. And that's not really how it works. So our job as leaders is to inspire human beings to great things. And that takes work on our part. It takes work on our part to, first of all, understand what motivates and inspires them at their very core, and then make small, fine-tuned adjustments in our communication style, in how we delegate work, and how we work with that person to make sure that we are meeting them. Mm -hmm. Because as a leader, you know, it's all about influence, and influencing is a skill that requires you understanding the other person's perspective. Right. And that's so important. You know, I tell my leaders, you can drag people with you, but it's going to be tiring for you and exhausting well, for there's them. friction. There's so much friction and everyone's exhausted at the end of the day and the week and the years. It's just, it's not a good situation. Yeah. So making small um, adjustments, which mm-hmm. we tell them, you know, that we have tools that tell them exactly what to do. You know, here's this person, here's you, here's exactly how you need to work together and fine-tune adjustments you need to make to get the most out of that that person oh, that's refreshing yeah <laughs> yeah that I mean as a, as a leader I mean I'm leading a small team but I you know I feel like I do it right sometimes and then I know that I do it wrong sometimes it's just you have to be able to admit that maybe you're not always leading in the best way no and I mean my husband and I work together and we've been married for a long time yes. you would have thought we had that figured out <laughs> but actually but it's a different <laughs> dynamic it's a, this tool has helped me realize while he tolerates me doing these certain <laughs> things, like popping in and right. asking him to give me his thoughts on a subject out of the blue, I'm probably not going to get the best out of him if I do that. Right. He needs time to process, think internally, and then come back to me with a plan. Right. And so just small, fine-tuned adjustments like that really help us, you know, not aggravate each other but also you know but also get the most out of each other because we think differently we we communicate differently so let's uh, let's dig into that a little bit deeper and i know that you and i have talked separately offline about uh physical workspace and the design of it and how that plays into you know keeping employees engaged motivating them their productivity and i think you briefly just touched on it with you know, talking about working with your husband. So can you tell us a little bit more about what you see in the field? Yeah. So um, part of your happiness at work uh, is your space. Mm -hmm. Uh, And everyone works best differently. So I am a huge believer that in order to design your space around your employees, you should know who they are. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great if you know, um, do they like to have time to go privately think and be very introspective when they're doing heads down work? Um, you know, are they, you know, collaborative? Do they like chit chatting? Do they like they kind of that open environment where they're, they're back and forth and collaborating and multitasking. Right. So I think it's very important for organizations to think about who are our people 
and the work that they're doing, Mm -hmm. how each of them approaches that work and how they communicate with each other and then design our space around that to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to find that space to work like they work. Right. Because they're not all the same. No, they aren't. I talked, I had a solo podcast talking about different personality types in terms of introverts, ambiverts, and, uh, oh my God, extroverts. And so I made the bold comment of that maybe we shouldn't design necessarily by department, but instead maybe how those, those individual personality types work. And then, you know, you can come together and collaborate in different ways. And you're working maybe alongside different people who aren't in your department. So you're getting different ideas that are, you know, going to spawn innovation. Yeah. So, yeah. And sometimes you have to force that collaborative effort by your space. Right. Absolutely. Maybe naturally we aren't, but um, by the forced space that we come together, maybe sometimes it it helps that along. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Um, Okay. So let's go back to hiring for a second. Mm-hmm. So how should small businesses be thinking about hiring and and kind of in a different way, like you're talking about your pie chart and kind of mapping hiring that direction or moving your people around in that direction. So talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I think the first thing you have to do uh, when you are thinking about hiring someone is first you have to define the role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we do a really bad job sometimes. Agreed. Of, of saying, <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> uh, this is what I really need this person to be doing. Right. So we have to take a step back almost and not think about who yet and define the actual requirements of the role. And that comes in terms of a task list. So we have tools that help uh, leaders think about, they look at a set of tasks and they prioritize. Mm-hmm. When I think about what I need this role to be doing, uh, these are the tasks that are critically important and frequent. Okay. So if someone does something once a year, please don't you know put it on don't the task. Like right. I think we have a tendency as leaders to think we can hire these magical unicorns that are great at everything. Agreed. And I our, agree. With and that. our job descriptions read like that. Must be good at everything. Yes. So what my job is, is to make the leaders take a step back and realize people are not good at everything. So you tell me priority. When we look at these tasks, um, what are the priorities? What are critical and frequent? Okay. And then once we do that, using the magical science of the predictive index, Mm -hmm. the algorithms tell us who ought to be doing those things. And it's so... um, enlightening to see when leaders see that because sometimes who they thought they were going to hire from their gut and from their feel is not at all i can vouch for that uh, probably about five times so (laughs) yeah so then we pay attention to that and i don't like i mean i don't want to say it's just about that because you know yes we do have a lot of data that tells us um, from regression analyses, which traits are going to predict high performance in which tasks. But we also have to consider that team dynamics mm-hmm. because it is very important. You know, when you bring someone on, you do have to understand how that is going to shift the group dynamic. Right. And, you know, are you prepared for that shift and are they going to feel you know, like an outlier? Right. So you do have to consider team dynamics, but but the job fit is is really the first start. Okay. And team dynamics, it's interesting that you say that. There's so many examples that pertain to <laughs> me personally. Um, you know, we've had a team that's been together and close now. Um, you know, we just had another employee celebrate five years with us. So we are very close. We 
you know, are a very small business. So we work in every role basically. Um, so I often am concerned about when we do bring someone else on, how to make sure that that person one is the right fit because otherwise it's going to become apparent real quick. Um, but then also how to make that pe- person not feel intimidated by the fact that we have this five years of relationship um, that we've all been working together. So it's it's tricky. Yeah, and there are tools that kind of yes. help you speed up. So when you've been working with someone for five years, you figure out the hard way. Ooh, don't do that again. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> or right. Let, me try, let me try that communication a different way. Let me give feedback a different way. This person's sensitive to criticism. Absolutely. So you kind of figure that stuff out. But wouldn't it be great if you knew that up front? It would so be we, amazing. <laughs> we have a new person and we can, you know, forge those relationships and get that person up to speed to know who you all are. Right. Because he or she is coming in blind and going, I don't know who all these new people, they know each other, I'm coming in new. So there are ways that you can kind of speed up almost that connection and understand how to make that connection with that person um, and let the team kind of understand, you know, the whole new dynamic, which is kind of fun. That's awesome. That is awesome. So um, tell us about you and your company does wonderful work around gender equality. (sighs) So can you share with us kind of how you got into that and then what that is looking like for you? I know there's gender perspective summits that you hold regularly. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as I do, I do a lot of leadership development inside of organizations. Mm -hmm. And so a company uh, that is male dominated um, industry asked me to come in and and do leadership development with their women. They have a, a... a female employee ERG group and female leaders. Okay. And so they said, you know, we need, we would really like you to come in and, and work with our women. And I said, okay, tell me about that. <laughs> What's wrong with them? Are you <laughs> sure I don't need to work with you? <laughs> so I just kind of wanted to really understand right. what well, they were looking the for. Here? Well, you know, and so really what they were looking for is they have a gap in leadership. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have, at the beginning levels of leadership, they have a really nice representation of, of everyone. And then as you move on up through the organization, it's as if women are falling into a cliff somewhere. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> where what? are they going? Uh, so we go from you know equal representation to way not. And so they feel like skill development and leadership development for their women was the answer. And I said, yes, but that's not the only issue right because me having climbed the corporate ladder I climbed the corporate ladder I you know I was doing the lean and end right (laughs) and sometimes I felt like there is you know and I like to say it's you know if men are from Mars and women are from Venus our company is Mars and I felt that I really felt that so I told the organization I will come in and I will do leadership development with your women however you must then do a session where you bring in half men, half women, and we talk about our differences and the benefit of those gender perspectives. Right. Because there are some differences in the way that men think, make decisions, negotiate. It is an average. Not all men do it this way. Correct. But when you look at the, the concept of the law of averages, if you are valuing behaviors that tend to be more predominant in men, like self-promotion. Mm-hmm. You know, men tend to be uh, more effective at that and do that. Then 
you are always going to have a gap right and you don't even realize you're doing right it. it's not it's subliminal it's not intentional it's no. not or if it is this day and age, then uh, whatever. But yeah, um, I don't but do yeah. that training. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> a whole other problem. Exactly. But yeah. So, um, but yeah. it it is. It's just it kind of the way things have always been, and yeah, yeah. Nobody's you know purposefully trying to create the. So what we do in those sessions is we create a safe space with no judgment for people to um, seek perspective. And I say it's seeking perspective, not taking. Right. We as humans have a tendency <laughs> to hear something and take our own perspective of it and right. run with it. That's how our brain works. So this, these sessions are designed in a way where people are talking to each other. They're not judging or commenting on those perspectives. They're just listening. Right. And that's really hard for us to do. Agreed. <laughs> so um, it's been wildly successful in that people are allowed to come together. And actually, you know, I started out, it was very funny. The first time I did it, um, I had all these women sign up and two men. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I started calling some of my male peers right. and, and they're like, oh, we didn't realize that's what this is. Yeah, we would love to go in here and give our perspective and talk in a forum like that. Right. Um, so we had to do a little bit of work to make everybody realize that it doesn't work if only one perspective right, is in the room, right. which is what That's we've been doing for right, years. Yeah, you're we, like, okay, we've already done that forever, well, so let's try something yeah, new. Yeah, so let's try to have both perspectives because both perspectives are valuable to the organization. Absolutely. I, you know, I love it. Um, one of my friends and peers, uh, said, Courtney Thomas, who uh -huh, runs, she yep. said, I am for women and I am for men. Yes. And I'm for understanding and bringing those people together. So this is a, a really powerful way, I think, to bring both perspectives and understand those differences that, that are powerful. That's the power of diversity. Of course. Are the different perspectives, but valuing both and understanding how we, you know, can can work together. Right. So how often do you put those on? Well, we started out um, doing less frequently and okay. now we've had more of a demand right people are like i'd love to host okay right <laughs> i'd of love course. to have people so um we're kind of at a once a quarter right okay. now yep. where we bring people together um i like to do it in peer groups so we just had a ceo um which was really fun we had 25 leaders in kansas city come together and and they had some really great conversations um they really enjoy being in their own peer group to say i don't know everything right you know, I, I, this is a, something very important to me as a leader and very important to our organization. So help me, you know, figure this out and how to, to be the catalyst inside of my organization for, for gender equity. So it's been really fun and kind of exciting. That is exciting. That is exciting. So um, what do you think, what are some of the challenges and the triumphs that you faced in, in that gender equality yeah. mission and the, and the perspective on that. So the first challenge was, you know, kind of, as I mentioned, making men realize we want their voice. Right. And we value their voice in the room. And, you know, that we, this isn't us saying we are for women and not men. Right. And when you come in the room, we are not going to sit you down and tell you all the things you're doing wrong. <laughs> it's not about that. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's understanding perspectives and figuring out, you know, how to understand each other. So that was a challenge to get men to come. They were a little bit like, well, what is this? Right, right. <laughs> and, it, you know, they were a little nervous, you know. I don't know. I don't know if I have anything of value to add to that conversation. Of course you do. You I think that's where I stumble sometimes is that I feel like, um, I don't know if I have something valuable to offer, but I guess you don't know until you go and everybody has some sort of perspective on something that adds value and adds a different 
viewpoint, it's exactly what you're, you're trying to do. Yes. Everybody and, has value. Yes. And it, it really makes me excited to hear. I had a, a gentleman come up to me after uh, the first cohort we did. And he said, you know, I really always thought that I was the best advocate for women and I have daughters and I'm really passionate about this, which is why I'm here. He's like, but you brought up some some policies, procedures and, and just some environmental things that I really hadn't thought of. He's like, and it's not intentional. Right. It's just something I really haven't thought of. Right. And I've probably put my foot in my mouth and not even realized it. That's incredible to have someone come and validate what you're doing like that. And that, yeah, that's exactly what we're here to do. Yeah. So super, super excited about that. Because I do think in order for change to really happen, um, we, it has to be those kinds of conversations, not, you know, huddling women together and doing development with just women and, and talking about it in those circles. We have to talk about it together. Right. And figure it out. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. So we've come to this portion of the podcast where you have to share one up and one down personally. So personally with your business, with uh, an organization you were with before, what, whatever. So one positive that was an up and one challenge or obstacle learning experience. Yeah. So um, I really think the up is um, having a business that, you know, will sustain our family. Nice. And so when we finally reach that point where this is a reality, not a dream, right. and you probably went through this yes, yourself. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you start out going, I don't know if I can make money doing this, <laughs> absolutely, but let's try. But let's give it a go. So when you finally reach that point where, you know, and, and there's a tipping point that happens and you go, ah, okay, this is, We're you doing know, it. this is, you know, something that's going to sustain my family and this is going to be something that sustains our life, our lifestyle. So I get paid to do this. You kind of <laughs> pinch yourself. Wow. Yes. I really am getting paid to do this and paid, you know, well enough to support our family and that we can do this. Right. And so, and in our household, that's a big deal because we're both in it. We're all in. Yeah. That's, that's a serious <laughs> commitment. So you are doing it. <laughs> so we are, we you know, we're very excited about that. So that's really an up. Um, a down, I would say that, you know, the, I I experienced this, there's a readiness to organizations for what we do. Yes. And sometimes they're not ready. Right. But they think they are. And they think they are. And what we do is super cool and very exciting. Um, but there is a readiness for being prepared to execute on it well. And so the down for me was probably, um, in my excitement and passion, mm-hmm. I thought an organization was ready for this, and they weren't. Right. Um, so that was a lesson learned that you know what, this wasn't the right timing for them, um, and so I can't get excited that they're excited, but then also realize this is not going to be something that they have the bandwidth to execute properly and well. So we do have to understand that readiness and help share that with the client, which right. is hard to do because no, you're telling absolutely. them. We're not going to do this right now. Right. Because it's and they not probably the, don't understand because they're yeah. like, wait, what? But we're all in. Well, you're not. Yeah. But Or you have too many other initiatives right. that compete with this. And this needs to be a priority. And this we need to really dedicate the bandwidth. Because what we do, I tell clients, um, I am a consultant, but this is an inside job. Right. So what we do is empower and teach and empower and teach you to run with this. And so, um, you know, you really do have to be prepared and ready to own it. 
Um, because, and to be present yeah, during the entire process. Exactly. Because nobody understands your business more than you. That is correct. So for this to work, um, it, it is. It, talent optimization is an inside job. We're here to support and empower and educate. But, but the organization has to be ready to run it. Right, of course. So you are working with leadership um, HR? HR okay. is really important in the execution of okay. this because they, you know, they really um, provide the, the the talent and the bandwidth and the resources to help the leaders, you know, in the execution and the strategy of this. So it's very critical to have them, um, you know, at very on board, <laughs> on board <laughs> committed, committed, in it, yes, and and because they they do. I mean, they're they're executing the talent strategy for the organization. But just as important as it is to have HR on board is to have the C-suite mm -hmm. because the C-suite is designing the business strategy. And if they're not um, giving their high level vision of what that looks like translated to the talent, which we help them do, right. then that also could. Then how would HR them. know where to go to? Exactly. To find? Exactly. Yes. So. So is there a general timeline? It seems like it's going to be pretty specific to organization size like how what does that look so, like so um this is a process that we all are constantly working on yep. <laughs> so um but the timeline to get going you know so when we start working with an organization and again we do have to consider what other initiatives are in place mm -hmm. um but you know typically within the first 90 days we can get some really powerful stuff going okay and done especially when we start thinking about um you know practices for designing teams and hiring teams and those kinds of things are super fast mm -hmm. um the long-term strategy is because we have to build on skills um so teaching leaders how to lead and inspire mm -hmm. um talking about team dynamics working on that and constantly having it be part of our management strategy that's a long-term right you know goal and and we're never done our work is never done as leaders when it comes to our people right um, but I would say that most of our clients start to see um, practices and things put in place you know within the first 90 days which is exciting okay that's quick yeah and usually that's impacting kind of that hiring because right. job fit is a lot more tangible um, it's the uh, the other stuff requires us really paying attention to a lot of things that we're building as we you know work through the organization. But but we usually start to see impact um, with job fit mm -hmm. and and building out jobs and teams uh, pretty pretty quickly. Nice, yeah. very nice. So if someone wanted to get a hold of you and talk to you more about maybe having you come into their organization or learning more about your gender perspective series and all that, how would they get a hold yeah, of you? Yeah, so I'm very active on LinkedIn. Yes, yes you are. <laughs> I post a lot on LinkedIn. So um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Amy Leslie, uh, Perspective Consulting. Um, our website is easy to remember, lead with perspective. Nice. So to me, that's what it's all about. So, you know, go to our website, lead with perspective, learn a little bit about what we do. Uh, one of the ways I think that's really exciting is we host these talent optimization roundtables, uh -huh. which is where I was at this morning. Nice. Um, so we bring peer groups together. So whether you are an HR mm -hmm. person or a C-suite executive or a leader or an employee, okay, um, we host roundtables where we bring people together and we talk about this stuff. Um, and it, it allows people to kind of self-assess, you know, where's our organization? What are some things we could be doing better? Right. Um, but that's a great forum because you can come and you can talk to your peers and you can learn and you can kind of see, you know, the types of, of uh, challenges or mm -hmm. opportunities that we might help address. Awesome. 
Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to, to talk to you because I do believe happy employees have to have a happy workspace. Yes. So. Yes. That is what we're yeah. out there promoting. So yeah. it's, but it's, it is, it's true. I, I think that, um, you know, especially this day and age, there seems to be a shift in mentality around all of this. Like it's a people first process, not necessarily the business first it that will come that you know your business success will come if you have happy employees yeah so. and you people drive business yes so you gotta keep your people absolutely so, very exciting well thank you again thanks a lot did you like today's topic like share and subscribe do you know of a company or person who's killing it in their space send us an email to podcast at trilogy.life thank you for listening until next time